0: Hello and welcome to Voices of UCM. My name is Dr. Joe Moore and I am the advisor for UCM radio, The Beat. And we're going to switch things up a little bit today. Usually you hear from Abram Tabor, who is our news director for The Beat. Today you're going to hear about Abram Tabor. It's all next on UCM, The Beat. Hello and so glad to have you here with us today, Abram. Abram is the news director for UCM The Beat and we're about 10 weeks into the semester. He's been doing this for a while. He's been hosting Voices of UCM. He produces Central News every week for us. But we haven't really had a chance to sit down and say who is Abram Tabor. So Abram. Glad to have you on the other side of the mic today. Tell us weird. about yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little weird to be on this side of the mic. Uh, so yeah, I'm Abram Taver. I'm the current news director for The Beat. I kind of took over the position from Olivia Gibbs, just truly amazing person. Sort of uh, took the position after Olivia graduated, just did an amazing job with the show. Uh, when I first started at UCM, I was dual emphasizing in the digital media production major in both audio and and digital journalism. So when the news director position for the radio, student radio here came up, it just seemed like I was a natural fit for the position. And I jumped at the chance, really. I was really excited about doing this. It's been a fair amount of work, more than I expected, especially on the just gathering everything together and getting interviews. But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Who I am, I grew up in a small rinky-dink town, El Dorado Springs, mostly farm. But it's one of those places that, one of those little Missouri towns that has like a little bit of everything. It's like It's got a movie theater. It's got like a couple fast food places. It's got a nice little sandwich shop that also serves specialty coffees that takes 30 minutes to prepare. It's great. Uh, Town about 3,500 people. And I've actually met a couple people from there at UCM, which is really cool. Um, But I decided to come to UCM to pursue journalism because my major interest was writing and I wanted to do it in a more professional sense I guess we could get into that maybe came to UCM because it really when I came to the campus when I visited the campus it just was so much more life in it than uh, the other campuses that I had visited It just seems like people were more involved in everything and I loved that I loved seeing that student orgs were out and about on campus. I don't know I just felt like there was more life here
0: Well and that's one of the things whenever we recruit students I always like to tell students is there's so many different ways you can get involved and you don't have to wait you can get involved right away. You can get involved in writing for the Meal Skinner or working with the Beat or in fraternities and sororities or any of the clubs and organizations right away. And you're one of those students who you didn't waste any time. As soon as you hit the doors, you got busy. So tell us about what you started getting involved in right off the bat.
1: So as a freshman, uh, I was a lot more go get than I used to be. I think COVID toned me down a little bit. I think it probably did for a lot of people. I was a lot more go get them. I was uh, that student that needed those A's, uh, scholarship student. So I thought I needed that 4.0 GPA to get the perfect scholarships. Turns out you don't. You just need to like have a decent GPA and be like nice to people, <laughs> and actually like try and get the scholarships. If you don't sit, if you just sit around, you're never going to get them. But my mom sort of my first year before going to college, I, that was my summer job is I worked on scholarships, and that's sort of how I can be a student here. But opening the door as a freshman. Uh, I learned in your intro to communication class about all these awesome opportunities, the Mule Skinner, the Beat. I didn't actually get involved with the Mule Skinner. Um, I think it took me a few months. I know that much. I jumped right away hearing there was a student radio because I had actually visited a radio in high school that had some cool, like I got an insight into how to work the radio. So when I heard that, I was like, I may actually know how to do some of that stuff. I was a soundboard guy from my church back at home in high school. I just did that. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of works, but I figured I knew how to work a soundboard fairly well. Uh, And so I heard that. And then I heard that you needed a producer also to do the show. And I was like, well, I don't know the tech that well. So then I got in contact with a guy who wanted to do a radio show, but only wanted to produce it because he didn't want to be the voice on air. Amazing guy named Alex Wilson, top of the line individual great people i I like alex yeah he's a fantastic person uh and we just had a wonderful time doing a show together i believe we called it the coffee break Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of that we did we like ran out of people to interview and so we took something out of the back pocket we had this idea that it was uh it was like september into november that we said we had a space here where we could do a pumpkin spice episode uh because (laughs) we could everything was turning pumpkin spice and so that was like news that was local that was you know that was now. And so uh, we went around to all of the like coffee places in town and (laughs) we've got pumpkin spice lattes. And man, that episode, you can tell we are caffeinated. (laughs) We are so like pumped up about which coffee place is the best pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, I'm afraid there was one spot, I think it was Old Drum, that didn't get as good of a review as I felt like it should have. Because it was like a little watered down, which isn't my usual experience with old drum. I've been there a few more times, and but it was like a little bit watered down. It was and a so, bad day. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad day for old drum, I guess. And so, well, there there may have been a little bit of bad mouthing to some <laughs> coffee places around town, and uh, but it was it was a great episode. We absolutely enjoyed it, and the experience as a whole helped me learn as I was doing it. Helped me learn a whole lot about how to talk to people because I was hosting this show and it was basically us interviewing people from student organizations that had events that in the upcoming weeks that was the idea of the show uh, which is I know Pumpkin Spice is a little bit weird connected to that but we figured it was relevant and it was fun and we could have like a fun episode and so that's why we planned that. I'm also told we had one that played over Christmas um, that was like a winter weather like we talked about how to be safe in the winter and apparently that actually over The several years it's been up on SoundCloud actually has a fair amount of views, according to Alex. Like, it's got almost, it's like, he said it was up to almost 50 or something, which is crazy for freshman me, because I look back at that and I'm like, oh no, like, it's just (laughs) bad. (laughs) Like, I would forget, like, I would be like, welcome to the coffee break, and I would never introduce myself. How are they supposed to know that I am Abram Tabor? (laughs) Like, they didn't know. As we were getting on into the semester, I learned more and more about what it meant to be a host on a show and what it meant to produce a show. I learned a lot about how the systems work here, how to actually properly work a soundboard, the distance to space from a mic, all kinds of things. But the most important thing I learned is how to how to talk to people, really, is because the show was interviewing people from various walks of life, various student organizations. And what ended up happening is I just picked up this. I, I always have like a little bit of a knack of communicating. Like that's why I'm in a field of communication. I love doing it. And that's that helps. You know, if you like public speaking, it helps (laughs) to do public speaking uh, when you're doing public speaking. that is. And so, you know, I like talking to people. So it's good for me to have an environment where I can interview and talk to people. And I learned how to think, ask things like open ended questions uh, where you're not just getting a yes or no. I learned how to adjust and ask questions as people were. Just talking, like I not just have like a prepared sheet of, hey, this is, uh, I want, you're from, let's say you were from the Student Veteran and Military Services. I don't think that's the name of it per se, but we did one about them as we were getting closer to Memorial Day. I believe they had like some events and we did one about them. And so what we wanted to talk about was like Memorial Day and we wanted to talk about this event they had coming up. It's like, I think it was like a food drive and maybe it, like, I don't know the exact details. It's been a while, Uh, but they were great people, (laughs) just absolutely great people. And we ended up talking more about like what the experience was for veterans and military service members who come to college and like what their perspective was and how they would like other people to talk to them and how like they were really happy that we had reached out to them because they don't often – get thought of along with regular students as a student organization sort of thing. It's, and so it was actually a really cool experience just to see that. And so the questions that I had planned, the content I had planned was just out the window because I want to talk about this now.
0: And, that, and that's one of the hardest things for young interviewers to learn is you got to pay attention to the response and deviate from your list of the questions because, man, this story is much more interesting than what I had planned. So for you to catch that at an early age, that's that's good on you that, that you figure that out and you've been able to apply that.
1: Absolutely. And I couldn't have done it without all the amazing people who were willing to take some time out of their schedules to come and do the show with me, to interview with a person who didn't know that much about interviewing and a producer who did know quite a lot about producing. Thank goodness, because there were some things that just needed editing. <laughs> uh, there was a number of pause words and stutters. And I used to have a stutter. I worked on it really hard, but it was still a lot more present Mm -hmm. in my freshman year than it is now because I've continually worked on that. But I would repeat sentences back where I would sort of say the front of a sentence again after I'd said it. And that was just a something I did. I don't know why exactly I did that. Something to come up with in therapy, I suppose. (laughs) But that was something I had a problem with. And so Really thankful to Alex for sticking through that and making it as decent of a show as it was for a freshman host just trying to get some practicum hours in early out the gate and some experience.
0: Well, and that's, you know, I was really proud of you when you did that. It's part of the reason why when when this position came open after Olivia stepped down, you were the first person I talked to about it. I'd always been a fan of your writing and reading what you had done in the Mule Skinner. Aww. I'd had you in radio production. You did a great show in there called Genre Cycle that we can talk about. Yeah, You had all of those skills, but you know the thing that I always talk about in my classes, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try something, and if it doesn't work, learn from it. This is the time to do that. And you were one of those students that took that to heart, and you said, oh, okay, well, I've never done anything like this before, but I'm going to go give it a whirl, and it's panned out for you. Oh, thanks. We are talking with Abram Tabor. When we come back, we're going to visit with him a little bit more about some of the activities that he's been involved in as a student here at the University of Central Missouri. You're listening to Voices of UCM right here on UCM The Beat. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. I'm Dr. Joe Moore sitting here with our news director, Abram Tabor. And in the first segment, we talked a lot about um, his background and how he got to UCM and some of his uh, activities in learning more about working in radio and learning in news. I want to hit on that a little bit more. Sure. So you've, you've took on this position as the news director. You've written for the Mule Skinner. Clearly, journalism and news is something you're interested in. It's important to you. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Where'd that come from?
1: My experience with journalism kind of started out, I so I was homeschooled growing up. That's an interesting thing about me. It's not that unique, especially in Missouri. There's actually a really good system for homeschoolers in Missouri. I'm digressing, but there's a good system for it, uh, like a really good system for it. And both of my parents are teachers, so they already knew how to educate. And they, I don't know if they felt like they could do it better, but that it would be better for us if they, like, helped us learn at our own pace and figure things out. And so one of the things that I learned is that I really loved to write throughout that. In Whenever I was writing a paper or if I was doing like a little movie review thing, I always felt like that was my space. That's, uh, you know, my freshman year of college, I loved, this is weird, I liked writing essays. But I didn't like writing essays that had a deadline and a word count requirement. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to write. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've always loved to write. And my mom saw that and she got me into this little journalism course. It was like, I think it was like called Daily Six Straight Writing or something like that. Uh, and it was this little journalism course where basically it taught you like some of the basic functions of writing, like some basic grammar, things like that. Um, but then also had you do like basically the essays for the course were like, find a thing in the local newspaper and write your own story about it. And you can use the same quotes from the local newspaper because it's just high school, but the idea was that it gave you an idea of how to write almost journalistically. Like that's how I first learned, even before I came to college, I learned about this inverted pyramid style of writing Mm -hmm. um, where you kind of talk about the most important stuff first in the news and then work your way down because what most people are gonna read is right there at the top. Right. And so I learned a little bit about that in high school. Totally forgot it by college, by the way. (laughs) But I learned a little bit about that. And I kept kind of holding on to that. In my high school year, my brother, Jeremiah, who also did, also was homeschooled, uh, he took a thing called One Year Adventure Novel, which is this really cool course. I have some qualms with it. But overall, it's a really cool course. uh, And there's a final thing even. it's basically you write an adventure novel in one year. You learn how to write a novel and then you write an adventure novel and there's even a a competition where you then submit the adventure novel that you write by the end of the year and it goes in with all these other adventure novels that people have written through the program and like one of them can get published. And Mm. it's a really cool program. I learned that I loved writing, but I didn't love writing. (laughs) Like I love to write. I just... The issue I had with one year adventure novel as a person of myself, not with the program itself, but I didn't like, I would fizzle out and then I would get, you know, it's like that bursts of creativity thing. Like, so the first chapter that I wrote, I thought it was banger. Like it was great. It was a great first chapter. Uh, and then it kind of petered out. And then when I actually knew what I was doing again, like in the middle somewhere, I was like, Oh, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> and so I, I ne- I didn't like know how pacing worked, and I didn't know how to properly transition from one thing to another. And I didn't like some of my own flow. Sometimes I'm more comfortable with how I write now than I used to be. Um, though coming into college, apparently I was a more confident writer. Composition class taught me that. You take a little a quiz about your like traits in writing, and it, like my confidence rating was like in the top one percentile or something like that. I. I apparently was very confident in my own self. I think it was more of a, I'm confident that I'm going to write this and whether or not it's good, I don't care. (laughs) Like I just want to write, you know, so I would get, I would write like little poems and little songs and things like that. And so I just learned that I love to write. And actually my first interest going to college was I thought I was going to go into meteorology and I love meteorology which is why I'm taking a weather and climate course this semester. I'm not doing too well in it, but that's (laughs) my own fault. (laughs) Not not out of a lack of materials. I just am not getting on top of the material as much as I should. But I really love learning about meteorology. Like if you start talking to me about the weather processes, like the weather patterns on other planets, like those are the kinds of things I devoured as a high school student.
0: So you're the second person in my life I've ever known who was really into meteorology. There was a girl when I was working on my PhD, and I asked her, I was like, what is it about meteorology? And she said, well, you're into sports, right? And I said, yeah. She said, you love learning more about the teams and more about the the plays and all this stuff, right? And I said, yeah. She goes, that's how I am with meteorology. She goes, Mm -hmm. I could care less about sports but I care a and bit she was like <laughs> well she was watching the weather patterns and looking at all this stuff and it was out in Colorado mm-hmm. and she was just ate up with the cloud formations and what was coming next and i her eyes lit up kind of like what yours were and nobody can see this cuz it's radio mm-hmm. but the way your eyes were lighting up talking about meteorology i never knew that about you
1: yeah i uh, that was my first interest uh, i love learning about the weather and this the fascinating it's just a fascinating topic of like how Those processes work. I know a friend of mine has a. Their sister works up in Alaska and does study the weather patterns of other planets. And I. In Alaska, yeah, yeah. I bet that would be interesting. (laughs) I think that's cool. I would love to do that, but yeah, I. What I ended up learning was that there's only really one good meteorology school in Missouri, and it's Mizzou. And if you didn't pick up on the earlier section where I was talking about, I worked a lot on scholarships and things like that. I come from a very like lower income background. You know, both my parents are educators in rural Missouri. Enough said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I I come from a little bit of a lower income background and Mizzou is just, it's pricey. And so I was like, man, I I don't don't really wanna go to Mizzou and pay that much. And then I was like, well, what else do I like? And I like Japanese because I had actually taken the Japanese language I've always had like a little bit of a heart for Japan ever since like when I was in middle school, that tsunami hit Japan. Mm -hmm. And I just, that was the first time I think in my life I ever felt like my heart, like go out to other people, like genuinely, like I want to be there and help them. And so I've always had like a sort of feeling of like, I really care for these people in particular. And so... I learned Japanese in high school. I don't speak it very well now because it was in high school and anybody who's taken a high school language course will tell you most often they just fall off after high school. And so I knew a lot when I was taking it. Now I can be like, my name <laughs> is Abram Tabor. Like, no namae wa Abram Tabor. Genki desu ka, my name is Abram Tabor. How are you? I don't even know if I did, got the syntax entirely right. But, but
0: you know, that's... Sold me. I don't know. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I'm pretty... I, so I, I was pretty attached to this idea of Japanese. So I looked into it. And I was like, well, where's Japanese courses? And you know where there's Japanese courses? Mizzou. And so I was like, well, maybe I should go to Mizzou. And then I was like, well, no, 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 no. I don't want to pay that much. So I was like, you know, I love writing, but I don't want to do it creatively. I want to try and do it professionally. Because in my heart of hearts, my brother originally my first older brother i have two older brothers and that's it as far as siblings go my oldest brother went to college of the ozarks to study musical theater originally and he was like telling me about like all the artist things and i was like i don't want to be an artist and my other brother went to school for graphic design and and illustration and he wanted to be and like an illustrator or graphic designer and so very creative beans we all are. Um, <laughs> and He was talking about this artistry and like how like it might be difficult to find a job in the field. And It's like, okay, well, I don't want to creatively write for a living, especially with all the struggles I had with that one-year adventure novel I was talking about. So I was like, well, I love journalism and I love writing because I love when people see it and read it and what they get out of it and how it can be like different from me and how it can be the same as what I'm like, when I'm trying to say a message and somebody gets the exact point I'm get, trying to get across versus when I'm trying to say a message and somebody gets the exact point and somebody says, oh, well, to me this means that, and I just love that because it shows us all these different personalities and people, all these different perspectives, and it really helps us build that like bridge of communication between people. And so, yeah, I got into journalism and I was like, well, where's a good journalism school? and Mizzou is a great journalism school. So I was like, okay, well, maybe it's Mizzou. And so I I, I looked at Mizzou and I was like, I just can't. Like, it's way too expensive. So I started looking at other options. I looked at Missouri Western. I looked at Missouri Southern. Went to all these different schools, visited them. I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I was thinking about Missouri Western because they had a journalism. Pro- they don't have it anymore. They axed that program. Uh, they um, never actually
0: had a journalism major that the, I'm aware they of. It's it a minor. Com-
1: it was, yeah, it was like convergent something, mm-hmm. uh, convergent media or something like that. I guess, uh, and I then I came to UCM and I did my visit here, and I loved it. I loved it so much. I didn't even know we had a journalism program because it was called digital media production, and. I didn't even know that was journalism because it's an emphasis of digital media production. (laughs) Who'd you do your campus visit with when you came down? I think it was Shannon, (laughs) Shannon Johnson. (laughs) Uh, I think I talked with you a little bit. We met, but it was Shannon that was taking I think Shannon uh, took me around and I just, I didn't know it was journalism. And so I remember going back and saying, I want to go to UCM. I feel like, now faith is pretty important to me and I felt like God was calling me to UCM. I was like, this is the place. And so I was like, but I really think also that God's calling me into journalism. But I didn't know that I had a journalism major. And so what I did is I said, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to try and find out if they've got a journalism major. And if they don't, then I, I will go to Missouri Western. And then somebody reached out to me and said they can specialize their own major here at UCM. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm going to go there anyway. The last day of, si- of applying, I was doing research and I saw digital media production. And I was like, oh, emphases, what's that? And digital journalism popped up. And I was like, UCM. <laughs> and so I applied, got in. I remember distinctly being like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know whether or not I'm going to UCM. But I feel like I want to. But I feel like they also don't have the opportunity I'm looking for. But it turns out I was just not doing thorough research. <laughs> and, uh, but I I genuinely think that was the right decision. I have come to know so many amazing people, has so many, many many amazing opportunities since coming to UCM. And yeah, I lo- really loved it so far.
0: Well, and you know, as, I, as I've gotten to know you more and more, I could see you wanting to do more journalism than creative writing, more than writing a novel. Because when you write, do creative writing, when you write novels, you're thinking, what's the story I want to tell?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In journalism, you're telling other people's stories. And that's what I think you've really brought to the table is you're, you're a good storyteller. You're a good writer, but you're really good about telling other people's stories and your interviewing skills clearly have grown and you can really draw that out of other people. And so that's that's that journalism part of it that we need so much in, in a democracy. But in, just in general, we need more of that, more people telling other people's stories. Oh, thanks. Again, sitting here talking with Abram Tabor on Voices of UCM. When we come back, we're going to delve a little bit, Abram mentioned his faith, we're going to delve into that a little bit when we come back. You're listening to Voices of UCM on UCM The Beat. Did you know that when you shop at a local business, you can create jobs, stimulate the local economy, and reduce your carbon footprint? 90% of net new jobs are created by small businesses, which makes them the largest employer nationally. And for every $100 spent at a local shop, 68 of those
1: come back into the community because small businesses buy from more small businesses. Because of this, habitat loss and pollution caused by transportation has decreased by 26%. To
0: learn more about the benefits of supporting small businesses in your community, visit one in your area today. This message brought to you by your friends in UCM Digital Media Productions. We're back here on Voices of UCM. I'm Dr. Joe Moore, and I'm sitting with Abram Tabard. He's the news director for UCM The Beat, oversees Voices of UCM usually, and uh, produces our segment uh, Central News every week for us. And you mentioned earlier today, um, you, you've been homeschooled. Yes. Um, you said that your faith is very important to you. Yes. Share, if you're comfortable with it, share that with us a little bit.
1: The faith of the homeschooling. <laughs> Either one. Because they're, they're not entirely linked. Um will I will say I come from a I guess I'll start by saying I come from a pretty fairly Christian background. Both my parents are Christian. I've seen them be very faithful in that. Not I feel like a lot of people say they come from Christian households and they're actually pretty broken households, but mine, I've been blessed to have really an amazing family. Uh I really do because what I've seen my like my dad, my mom, they're not perfect, but what I've seen is in their faith, them, you know, struggle and say, okay, well, that was bad. I did that. I failed at that. And then working towards success in that and saying like, hey, you know, I let you down here and I'm going to try and make that right. And I'm going to try and better myself as a person and try and get better. And I've just seen them pursue God in a really amazing way. Um, Recently, my dad got into orthodoxy, which is cool. I didn't know that much about it ahead of time, but it's some really cool stuff. I mean, they've been around for a while, so they have a lot of answers to things that Protestant churches say are like, we don't know, and are argumentative and stuff like that. But Orthodoxy has like some built up responses after 2000 years of being around. (laughs) But that was part of his like, searching for answers and pursuing God was like, he was like, oh, they have answers that I was searching for that I didn't know. Now, I don't know that much about Orthodoxy myself. I only pretty much know as much about it as I've, talked about in conversations with my dad and mom but it's just evidence of the fact that they are still like pursuing god and trying to learn more about him and build a deeper relationship and i feel like that's sort of carried over into my own life my mom before i went to college was like you should get involved with the campus ministry you know you need to go because she was in bsu which is mm-hmm. baptist student union what i do know is that she was very involved with that and she was very big about that thing where people who grow up in christian households or religious households of any kind when they come to college will immediately just drop that uh, because it's suddenly they're standing on their own two legs and not on their parents' faith or their family's faith. It's theirs. And so what you want me to do is get involved with a campus ministry or campus Christian organization of some kind. So that way I would have like a community to support me. And I think that's important because faith isn't just standing on your own two legs. Actually, what it is, is relying on the community around you. And I think that's super important. And this is the idea of fellowship. And so I got involved with the Navigators Campus Ministry. Interviewed one of their staff earlier uh, on this pot on the show. Uh, her name is Katie Kim, and she's amazing. But she's a lot of international experience, and so she has some really amazing stories. Check that episode out, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice <but> cross promotion. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> something I've learned at UCM. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've just gotten to meet some really amazing people out of that. Develop my own faith. Learn more about. Who God is, I don't have a like this an absolute on that because truly, there are some things that are mysterious, but I do know that you know like there was a time where I was a lot more anxious about everything and a lot more um, reliant on myself to get through life. And some people would say, "Oh, that sounds good. It sounds like you're self-reliant, you're confident. But it's not because, like, I would have trouble getting to sleep at night. I would – it's just – it's terrifying as a lonely college student when the world is yours because it's, it's just terrifying for me. Uh, like, i thinking about all the things that I would have to do tomorrow, things that I didn't do today. And uh, there's a great Bible verse uh, – I think it's in Philippians, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, this is uh, radio. You yeah, just said it, Well, so. <laughs> yeah, but it, it may be in Philippians. It may not be, but it says, uh, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I believe that's Philippians, but again, my Bible knowledge is perhaps not the best in the world. <laughs> but uh, I think that verse and this idea has permeated this idea of casting your anxieties and sh- sharing who you are with god in a very real way has been important to me because it's helped me overcome a lot of stress it's helped me say that i think there are things that are bigger than me and say like those things are out of my hands and just be okay with that yeah i just have this genuine belief that at some point in the world that god said that that god came down and was no longer just in his temple no longer just uh in a tabernacle or in like a ark of the covenant but actually came down as a human in the form of Jesus, was incarnated and died so that he would be the perfect sacrifice, that he was the temple that he met God with, that people talked with him, and that was how like God interacted with them. And now, because of that, because Jesus rose again and conquered sin and death and all that, we have this image of a more perfect creation again, like it was originally, and this image of a... Creator who loves us, and we also have this blessing of the Holy Spirit, which is now god 's temple and because he lives in the tr- tr- in your heart is the general saying um, that the Holy Spirit now has come, and for those who believe in Christ and what he did for them, that the Holy Spirit is now in their hearts and living there, and that 's how people experience God now, and so that 's been so important on how i have made decisions for my future, my plans, how i've been working on things, getting through things. You know, i've had periods of depression in life that were pretty extreme and how i've gotten past that is largely by relying on not just god, but also the people that he's brought into my life. And i think people can overlook those blessings sometimes about like, oh, here's this amazing person, you know, just the other day I was having like an anxiety attack because I just I just couldn't get to sleep. I was like panicked about life. And I remembered that I had this mentor named Lawrence. He also struggled getting to sleep because he had OCD and everything had to be like right. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that whenever I would struggle getting to sleep back then, I would reach out to Lawrence and say like, hey, struggling to get to sleep, like can you pray for me or something like that. Just, just to reach out to somebody because like when you're having anxiety, like I think one of the best ways that I've been able to get through it is just, connect to somebody else because by yourself that stuff will just sink in deeper and deeper sink its fangs into you it's terrifying stuff so i was praying about this getting through it and i just off the top of my head i was just like oh yeah lawrence and i genuinely think that was some direction from the holy spirit saying like hey like yeah he's moved on from here but he's still your friend and like you used to reach out to him like this and i think not only did that help me like step out of the moment a little bit but also help me reach out to a friend I hadn't talked to in a little bit uh connect with him I'm gonna be a groomsman in his wedding but not because of that reach out we we're pretty well connected but <laughs> but it helped me those moments where you're struggling and then you have a thought of like oh like I have this person I don't think that's just a like subconscious thing I don't think that's just a like Normal thing. I don't think that's just because they're your friends. I think it's because there's something deeper there that God has truly blessed you with these people in your life, and He's just reminding you of like, hey, like I gave you Lawrence, <laughs> like he's your friend. Reach out to him. Like, don't waste that friendship, that value of hey, there's this person you know you can reach out to, and so blessings like that, things like that, as I've walked through life, have just really shown me that I do believe there is, there is a God who loves and cares for me. You know, I, a weird example is I, my family was driving from home from a vacation and we had to go past these toll booths, And we were all out of, we, we didn't have a card on us. Uh, we knew they didn't take cards, sorry. And we didn't have any cash. <laughs> well, we didn't have any cash they took. Yeah. Sorry, the, the little machines only take like one or fives or something like that. We didn't have any of those. We had like 10s and 20s. And so we knew the machine wouldn't take us. And so we were going to have to break past the toll booth. Uh, and so, you know, I prayed as a kid. I was like, you know, I hey, like, you know, I don't want to like have to break the law here. I'm terrified about that. And, you know, because the law is terrifying when you're yeah. we a kid. Now I'm like, stick it to the man. <laughs> 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 Just drive through. <laughs> but back then I was like, you know, I was genuinely worried about this. And. When we pulled up to the toll booth, it was their last one of the day. They were closing up and they are like, yeah, we'll, we'll take you. And they paid us out for it. And just those like little things that make me say, I think there is something bigger and I think there is someone bigger who has a heart that cares. And that's just proven, been proven to me in my own life experiences over and over and over again. And I've seen it in the lives of other people over and over and over again.
0: That's, that's really cool. And that, I mean, it shows who you are. And it's, it's a big portion of who you are in your growth. You know, you were talking about your friend Lawrence, and um, I, I'm with you. My Bible knowledge of where the scriptures are and what exactly they say, not the greatest, but I do know in Philippians, another verse talks about we're allowed to go through sufferings so that we, in our experience, can help others who have suffered. Mm. That was a, an important verse for, for my family whenever my dad passed. And I've been able to use that many times since then, as as other friends have lost loved ones. So, uh, that's great. So, um, I'm glad to hear that uh, that it's been there. Your faith has been there to help you connect, help you deal with some some anxiety, some depression um, that are very real issues that a lot of folks are dealing with these days. So, what's next? Where where you you're graduating in May? Hopefully, Hopefully <laughs> as you <yes>. said. <laughs> what's next?
1: So. I if anything I have learned through all of my years uh especially these last two especially with covid that plans drastically change month by month week by week year by year especially year by year that will change and so I'm not entirely holding that on holding on as tightly as I used to to my plans for summer or my plans for future because I think that is genuinely something that God has asked me to just give up to him. And, you know, I tried to do that last year. I was gonna go to I was gonna go through Europe uh, as part of a it was sort of a ministry thing, um, but go through Europe and part of that was going through Russia at the time. And so I really grabbed onto this idea that I could maybe get an internship as part of that. And I ended up having this issue of I grabbed so hard onto this idea of the internship, that opportunity of Going around Europe almost entirely fell away, going around Eurasia. It was like, "Oh, so God's calling me to let go of this internship so I can actually follow what he's calling me towards with the right heart and as soon as I like swapped over to that and actually started pursuing that in a more real way and just that like ministry and the travel thing, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, <laughs> and that became not an option to go through Eurasia anymore. and what ended up happening is I got an internship with the Sedalia Democrat, so I let go of this internship and another one provided itself because I think maybe it was just a thing being in the right heart, being in the right state of mind that God was like, hey, like you're not ready for that yet. So I'm going to get you in the right heart so that you can be. And because of that, I do maybe want to travel. I do maybe want to go because I have this heart now that it's like I wanted to go to Eurasia. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to go and go to these other cultures and meet people And share who I am with them, but also learn about who they are. And yeah, I think I have a genuine heart for that. And so I'm looking into opportunities where that's possible. I'm looking into opportunities uh, provided by the Navigators, provided by uh, different organizations around the world to go and travel and find out where I fit in the world. And so one of those is a program called iEdge, where you go and you you work overseas uh, for two years, basically, right after college. And I think that's fascinating. Uh, and I, maybe maybe I'll do that. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll settle down at a local newspaper. But well, and
0: it's a, with, working with iEdge and going out and telling other people's stories, your skills that you've developed as a writer, as a radio host. Those are skills that you can take with you and share those stories with other people. So that's, that's a really exciting opportunity and a possibility for you there. So making yourself open to those other opportunities.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think being open to opportunities and not holding on to any of them too tightly has really actually helped me grow as a person in some really huge ways this last summer. You know, just being able to step away from saying, like, I want this, and that has to be this way, and otherwise I'm going to panic. <laughs> and being able to say, like, you know, I don't know what's coming. You know, I, don't know, I don't know if another global pandemic is going to happen. I don't know if Russia is going to launch nukes at Ukraine and the world is going to change forever. I don't know any of that. What I do know is that I have a bunch of friends. I have a God that cares for me. I have some skills I've developed at UCM through interviewing, through radio. I have a family that I love and care about. And these are the things that I have. Based off of that, based off of who I am, what I have, that will then inform my future decisions. And whether that's going on edge, whether that's going and just working at a local newspaper in my hometown, El Dorado Springs. I don't know what that looks like yet, but I know that doors will open as I move towards that. I just trust
0: that they will. (laughs) And that's part of what makes life worth living is the unknown and what's out there and the adventures to have before you. So Abram, it's been such a treat to sit down and visit with you today. Thank you for letting me take over your seat so (laughs) that I can interview you so we can introduce you to to our public and uh, looking forward to having you for the rest of this semester and then into the spring and whatever that may be. Well, thank you. Thank you for interviewing me. It's been a lovely time. All right. Well, thank you all for listening today. Remember, you can catch UCM The Beat and Voices of UCM every Wednesday and Saturday at 6 p.m. You can also log into UCMbeat.com and catch rebroadcasts of previous shows. I'm Joe Moore. He's Abram Abram Tabor. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for being here with us on Voices of UCM, only on UCM. The Beat. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled and we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM, with campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.